Welcome everyone to another episode of the Can Mayonnaise Kill a Jedi podcast. I'm your co-host, Darth Celine, And I am your main host, the Artificial Dragon. And welcome to, I believe, the 56th episode. I kind of lost track for a little while. We've lost track. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, yeah, the 56th episode, but yeah, um, do apologies in advance. Uh, we've been delayed because of several real life things. As you may know, uh, my lovely cat passed away a little while ago and, uh, I was just, Rest in peace, Lopez. yeah, rip for Lopez, our little mayonnaise droid stand in, um, Hope he's doing well. Miss you, buddy. <laughs> yeah, I miss him too, but I've given myself a couple of weeks off to, uh, you know, do the standard grieving stuff. And, uh, well, I'm still getting used to my apartment being quieter than normal. So, yay me. <laughs> oh, damn it. Now I'm sad. <laughs> Oh, I mean, it would have been appropriate if, well, I mean, this might be a sadder episode than usual, but we'll see. We'll get there when we get there. But anyway, um, that, yeah, that intro was really sadder than I intended it to be. But anyway, um, That's all right. <laughs> yeah, thing shit happens, as the kids would say. Yes. But anyway, um, uh, where was I? Okay, so before we get into the episode, uh... Thank you, everybody, for supporting our channel. Uh, as you may have also known, I have uploaded a video on one of my original villains from my D&D campaign, The Hive Mind, voice acted by Mr. Afton. Uh, his YouTube channel is called Afton VA. He does a lot of skits. He does a lot of... Uh, uh, virtual reality, playing with a bunch of voices, and he and I got him to voice the hive mind, which is always exciting. Nice. Yeah, and uh, thank you everybody for supporting the hive mind. Uh, probably my most popular original villain video, uh, defroning Mandalore the Phoenix by a wide mile so far. And I am also hoping to upload another villain in a couple of weeks. You know who it is already, Hannah. Oh, yes, I do. <laughs> so that'll be exciting. You guys need to stay tuned for that one. Oh, yes. But with that aside, um, if you love our content, be sure to contribute to the Patreon at patreon.com slash canmail. Once again, that's patreon.com slash canmail, where you could contribute to any amount, the lowest being $2 and the highest being $10. And any amount you you uh, contribute to, you have access to our Discord server, where you could talk to me, to both me and Hannah, where we talk about general Star Wars lore, share our life experiences, share memes, and, you know, maybe... Uh, Join bitch us. about work. Well, yeah, bitch about work on your end. But maybe join us on one of our future live streams. We've been having a lot of fun with that recently. Yeah, those are pretty fun. I will admit, Hannah, that last one, that was a great idea. Thank you. <laughs> I'm so glad everybody had such a good time. Yeah, and I'm looking forward. I hope we can do it again. Yeah, I, uh, I do have a... I'm, I'm probably going to be the judge this time around and probably use the... Uh, the uh, Discord soundboard for a majority of the game. That'll be a good idea. <laughs> that it will be. But yeah, uh, for this month, we've been late on a bunch of things recently, but for this month, for all of you smugglers out there, we have a lovely new art piece. And we have what is a very lovely Mara Jade about to celebrate Valentine's Day with our lovely Luke Skywalker. Such a good art piece. That is one of my favorites. Yeah, it is so good. It's not be just because I simp for Mara. <laughs> oh, it's partly because you simp for Mara. Partly, but <laughs> not fully. But yeah, um, yeah, Mara, I gotta, I gotta admit, that art piece is so good, it's not even funny. The artist did a really yeah, great it's, job it's of this Yeah, it's great. Yeah. But yeah, for all of you lovely bachelors that can't get yourself a valentine, maybe download this poster and put it on your wall or put it as your wallpaper so you don't feel less, so you can feel less alone in the world. 
Yay! Yay! <laughs> Another Valentine's Day alone. <laughs> but yeah, um, with that aside, uh, oh yeah, shout out to all the smugglers. <clears throat> so thank you so much for our loyal smugglers. Uh, thank you specifically to White Wolves, Cameron Lee, Dr. Emboss, Gobez, Tristan H, and last but not least, Irk the Turtle. Thank you for supporting us for the past two years in this podcast, and I am hoping we could grow this, and I hope this community grows larger from here on forward. I hope so too. Yeah, and shout out to Hannah's blog. Yes, support my blog. <laughs> I I haven't been throwing any questions to you recently, but probably after this, That's okay. I haven't really been focusing on it as of late. Yeah, that, so I I got to try and get back in the groove. I know we've uh, we've been a little bit slow on a couple of things, but that's uh, that's understandable, you know. A lot of snow. A lot of snow. Yeah, we. Uh, uh, oh God! Uh, at my workplace, we had like eighteen inches of snow. Yeah, it's been terrible out here. So that's the reason why this has been so late. Yeah, Mother Nature, uh, personal matters. Yeah, the whole shebang. And uh, as I mentioned before, shit happens sometimes. Exactly. Yeah. All right, we are covering. And today, Hannah, I think it would be a good idea to resume a factions episode. Those have always been fairly popular especially with the confederacy and the uh, galactic senate episode and in this mm -hmm. case we will be covering the grand army of republic better known as the clone army Yay. <laughs> uh yeah um but yeah um as for all of the viewers of the Clone Wars TV show, or just general fans of the prequels. Everybody knows the clones. Everybody loves the clones. But this episode, we're going to do a little deep dive on how it came to be and how it operates. Specifically, the Grand Army of the Republic, the ranks, blah, 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 blah. You know, that sort of standard mm -hmm. thing. Um, this will be kind of a uh, very first army dive episode so if it seems a little bit uh um what's the word i'm looking for if it seems a little bit disorderly uh, i'm still trying to give a hang of his army stuff so i apologize in advance everybody but anyway let's get to it yeah so tell me first off anna what are your opinions about the clone army uh i really don't have one <laughs> You haven't watched too many Clone Wars episodes, have you? Well, that and I just don't think they're that interesting on my end. <gasps> well, I mean, like, uh, are you... Uh, I mean, everybody has something they like. Yeah. Very, very Especially true. with Star Wars. It's just, I, I just am one person who just doesn't really enjoy the clones. Well, I mean, uh, <laughs> you probably started a uh, a uh, wildfire with the clone fans right in the comments. But... I don't, I don't mean to be offensive about <laughs> it. It's just everybody has their interests. This is unfortunately not one of mine. But there are many, many, many things in the Star Wars universe people can like, yeah, and not like. Yeah, this is very true. Like I personally am a huge a uh, a huge droid army simp. So I always love the B1s, the Droidicas, and like the, the clones, they are interesting in their own regard. I think it's just the fact that uh, the Clone Wars TV show kind of fleshed them out as as uh, distinct characters like Captain Rex, uh, Cody. And there's a lot to keep track of. Oh, yes, yes. There's going to be, uh, <laughs> there's this common meme where uh, it's Gru, you know, Gru from a, uh, from a, uh, of a, uh, um, Despicable Me. From Despicable Me, where he's all, where he's just pointing a Glock at you and saying, uh, name every clone of the Clone Wars now. Oh, God. <laughs> I think it's a funny meme. That is very funny. <laughs> but yeah, memes aside, and personal biases aside, let's go ahead and dive into the Grand Army of the Republic, shall we, Hannah? 
Let's go. Anyway, uh, so to start off, it's pretty simple. The Grand Army of the Republic was pretty much the last army used by the Galactic Republic in the beginning of the Clone Wars. Like, uh, if, since you're a huge Swator simp, you know that the, the Republic has its own standing army, which... Interestingly, yes. it has ar uh, armor very similar to the clone troopers. Kind of a weird uh, <laughs> correlation kind of. there. But yeah, the, Re the Republic has their own military, and the clone army was just the most recent addition, so to speak. All right. But yeah, unlike previous Republic militaries that used conscripted citizens of all species, the GAR, that's the acronym for Grand Army of the Republic, by the way, um, was, yes, entire yeah, um, was entirely comprised of clone troopers, all originating from the infamous uh, Mandalorian bounty hunter Jango Fett. Very, very obvious. Well, duh. If you haven't watched prequels, spoilers. <laughs> Yeah, that's rich coming from somebody who hasn't even watched the original trilogy yet. Fuck you. <laughs> uh, anyway. You know, that's fair. Anyway, um, so yeah, um, and ultimately the Grand Army of the Republic would become the ultimate tool of the Sith for enacting their greatest revenge against the Jedi Order, as we saw with Order 66 and all that. Mm-hmm. But anyway, let's go ahead with the origins of a Grand Army of a Republic. And uh, the formation of a clone army itself would actually be begin during uh, roughly around the invasion of Naboo. So like uh, Episode 1 era, basically. Okay. And this was basically the seed of, of a... Darth Plagueis, who is Plague uh Darth Palpatine's master. Yes, I knew that. Yeah. Um, so basically, uh it it covers the story of that entire the you know, the 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 Order of a Sith, or like uh the Bainite Order of a Sith, always have okay. this grand plan of overthrowing the Jedi Order. We'll eventually talk about that when we talk about the rule of two, whenever we get around to Darth Bane and all that. But there is no singular grand plan. It's not like Darth Bane thought of, oh, let's go ahead and create a clone army to eventually overthrow the Republic. There's always different plans, but this is the most recent edition of a grand plan, which is to create the clone army. Okay. And Darth Plagueis, uh, he would seed the... He would sow the seeds into an influential member of a Jedi Council. And I think you may know who that Jedi Master is. Dooku. Uh, well, well okay. Dooku uh, was... Yeah, Sifo. And he yes. foresaw a great conflict that would cover the entirety of the galaxy in death and destruction. And... Darth Plagueis, while under the alias of Hugo Damask, was all like, hey, uh, so there are these many, many clients that are taking massive loans because, you know, uh, Hugo Damask was basically part of a banking clan and he was telling mm -hmm. Sifo Diaz, hey, uh, there are many corporations that are creating their own droid armies to eventually overthrow the Republic. And Sifo Diaz grew concerned about this, and he's all like, well, what the fuck am I supposed to do? It's not like I could tell the Republic to create their own army without a proper proof outside of uh, visions and all that. And Darth Plagueis basically pointed him toward Kamino, where they would create a clone army, meant as a... Meant as a emergency force in, in case the need ever arose, that sort of thing. Okay. And uh, Sifo Diaz was all like, well, if you know about the Kaminoans, why don't you finance it? And Hugo Damas was all like, oh, they would never create an army for me. But if they created an army for a influential Jedi master then that would give him more justification for creating such an army. Of course, I would finance it, but you would be the one who would lead this army, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And Sifo Diaz, uh, he tried to bring this to... He, so there's this episode of the Clone Wars where the Jedi Council was talking about Sifo Diaz and all that, and one of the... Uh, they, 
They basically saw Sifo Diaz as too extreme and removed him from a from the uh, Jedi Council because he was all like, "Oh, we need to raise an army of the Jedi Order at a time." We're like, "No, that's bullshit. Get the fuck out of here." Which is terrible because he was also kind of going insane because he could see the future. Yeah, poor Sifo Diaz. It was very sad. <laughs> yeah, poor Sifo Diaz. But uh, eventually, Sifo Diaz would go to Camino in person and begin the creation of a clone army and eventually um count dooku would become palpatine's new apprentice or was about to become his new apprentice and one of his first acts was to kill sifo diaz and become uh, uh darth tyrannus and taking his place to you know create a clone army yes and uh, count dooku one of his missions to uh so he Basically, you know, they have, the Kaminoans have the money, the finances and everything. What they need now is a donor. And Count Dooku saw to it to... Uh, so it was kind of a uh, kill two birds with one stone sort of scenario. Um, his, apprent his old apprentice, Kamari Vosa, is still bumping around with the uh, band Ogora. So he decided mm -hmm. to uh, put a bounty on her head and have some of the uh, galaxy's most dangerous mercenaries hunt her ass and whoever succeeded would become the template for the clone army whoa i didn't know that's how that happened yeah it was the uh entire plot point of his video game called star wars bounty hunters where you get to play as jango fed himself nice yeah it is uh it man i have so much nostalgia playing that game i would love to do a live stream on that one of these days it'd be interesting it would be but yeah, um, so point is, uh, Django Fed gets selected. Excuse me. Yeah, excuse you. Um, <laughs> so yeah, point is, Django Fed gets selected, uh, becomes a template, and he is all like, all right, I'll go ahead and help you train your clone army, but in return, you'll pay me very decently, and the first clone is unaltered, and he'll become my personal protege, blah, 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 that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, the first batch of Kaminoan clones would begin their gestation period roughly in the same a couple of months after the invasion of Naboo. Technically, uh, by the time the Clone Wars rolls around, the original generation of clone troopers would be 10 years old. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, they grew really, really quickly. Um... And aside from the Kaminoans and Mandalorians providing the armor of weapons, uh, Count Dooku would recruit... Well, well, okay, the Kaminoans would recruit a couple of manufacturers such as Rafana Heavy Engineering, which is a primary subsidiary. Uh, I know a lot of these names don't mean much to you, but basically these are the companies that created their uh, ATTEs, gunships, ships, uh, Star Destroyers. They're basically doing a lot of secret shady shit and providing arms and weapons to the clone army okay yeah um technically that wouldn't be allowed under the eye of a republic but which is the entire reason why they're doing this in secret mm -hmm. makes sense yeah um and Django fett himself i mean sure he is a genetic template but Jango Fed can't train every single clone trooper in the army. He's going to yeah, need some help. He's one man. Yeah, so he decided to personally recruit a hundred individuals, which go by the uh, the name of Vakwivo Dar. Uh, Vakwivo Dar is a Mandalorian word, if it isn't obvious. Um, mm -hmm. And this is what one member of Vakwivo Dar looks like in the chat. Let's see. Oh, cool. Yeah, and the Quivodar in the Mandalorian language literally means those who no longer exist. Badass name. Yeah, and they were named as such because these individuals will have to disappear to Kamino without contact with the outside galaxy. Oof. Yeah, and uh... And out of these 100 individuals, only 75 were actual Mandalorians, while the rest of them were like bounty hunters and other mercenaries. Makes sense. Yeah, and all of these guys were basically 
drill sergeants for the clones. You know, training them to near perfection and all that shit. Insert fucking Arlie Ermy full metal jacket. <laughs> oh, rest in peace, Arlie Ermy. Anyway. But yeah, um, so by the beginning of the Clone Wars... Uh, so, you know, the Kaminoans would increase production of a clone army, and this is a fairly massive army. I believe the official number at the beginning of the Clone Wars was like 3 million clones. That's, wow. Yeah, um... Did not know that was that number. Yeah, um, it is kind of small in... Okay, so just to give you a perspective, the entirety of the United States military is, like, somewhere around 1.4 million. Mm-hmm. And, uh... That's still a lot of people. That is still a lot of people, but it... I don't know, it's just one of those things that, uh... I don't know how to properly explain it, but... I don't know, it... That's just one of the mind-boggling things that kind of doesn't make sense in context of the wider galaxy of Star Wars, if that makes any sense. Uh... Because, uh, think of it like this. Uh... <laughs> okay. Three million? Trying to, uh... <laughs> fight on all fronts in the galaxy. The Clone Wars was a galaxy-wide conflict, and they had, like, three million yes. clones to yeet at the Separatists. And they're trying to do this on over a million worlds. Okay, that makes some more sense. Yeah. I mean, granted, they eventually got more clones uh, produced <laughs> around the start of the Clone Wars, but... Even then, that's like an additional 5 million clones. Yeah, that's still not a lot. Yeah, and... I mean, it's just one of those... Uh, I'm I'm sure you're aware of a term. Uh, writers... Uh, crap, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, writers have no sense of scale. Have you heard of that saying? I have not, but that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Because, like, uh... Yeah, that's that's not a good scale. No, it is not. And, like, I mean, uh, they kind of try and keep it vague, but really the 3 million clone number is the official size of a clone army by the beginning of the Clone Wars. But, uh, before I go into, uh, this rabbit hole, um, eventually, later in the war, Palpatine would obtain additional cloning technology to bolster his forces, which are through the Sparty cloning chambers. Oh, I remember those. Yep. They get mentioned in Air to the Empire. Yep. The Sparty clones cloning chamber is uh one of a one of a Spavarti, I think. Yeah. Um yeah the Sparty cloning chambers are like one of the most important things that Fraun wanted to get his hands on to bolster his forces. Yes, that is how Sabayoth was created. Yep, and before that, the Sparty clones were meant to create more clone troopers. Oh. Yeah. I think they covered that, I just couldn't remember. Yeah. Because that was a long book. Oh yeah, I imagine. It, it's kind of hard to keep track of everything in an entire novel series, so I understand. Yes. That was a long audiobook. Yeah. But yeah, um... <laughs> Yeah, like I said, 3 million clones, kind of unrealistic, especially when you consider that the Separatist, that the Separatist droid army is, depending on what source you're looking at, is credited with possessing as many as billions or quintillions of battle droids. Damn. Yeah, quintini to give you an idea, quintillions is 18 zeros. That's like, oh no. <laughs> yeah. I, okay, I'm very surprised that the Separatists did not win. Yeah. Yeah, you can understand where I'm coming from when I throw you those numbers. Holy shit, dude. <laughs> but yeah, like a... That's like chucking a... Oh my god. <laughs> Just go on. No, I can't, I can't even... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay, moving on. As I'm having an existential crisis with numbers. But no, like, uh, I've seen multiple explanations that it wasn't just the clone army that's part of a grand army. It was like, uh, um, I believe they have a lot of conscripted and volunteer soldiers bolstering it. But the clone troopers were basically like the elite fighting force, if that makes any sense. That makes more sense. Yeah, it does. And that's my own personal headcanon. Then again, every single time I watch an episode of Clone Wars, the clone troopers are everywhere. They're on they're yes. on the front lines, they're in ships, they're in starfighters. You don't see any volunteer soldiers. Which I I guess it makes sense. They gotta have they have budget constraints and everything, but still. Still, that's a lot of clone troopers doing a lot of shit other citizens could do so you have more clone troopers in the fight yeah exactly but yeah it's uh uh my uh, it I, probably saved on on animation costs uh yeah yeah i'm i'm just having a headache thinking about those numbers too hannah so i understand <laughs> that's a lot of numbers and it's just like why yeah um but anyway yeah moving on from those numbers uh through the emergency powers granted to the Supreme Chancellor, he was able to organize this new army and would be labeled as the Commander-in-Chief, very much like the uh, President of our own United States military. We talk about that in the Senate episode. Exactly. And other elements that are in command of a Republic military would be the Department of Defense, while the Executive Party would be the War Advis Advisory Panel. Um, all of those guys just basically watch over the Grand Army, aside from the Commander-in-Chief and all that. Mm -hmm. And the senior body of a Grand Army uh, was the Republic High Command, which is led by the Chief of Defense Staff, with its headquarters on Coruscant being right next to the Jedi Temple. So, yeah, both the Jedi and the Republic, uh, Republic military anyway, have legitimately close ties in this regard. I mean, fair, but they still should have remained separate. I will stand by that I mean, forever. <laughs> you're not wrong, Hannah. You are not wrong. <laughs> but let me see. There is also other administrative branches, such as the Army Weapons, Research and Development, very self-explanatory, of uh, Republic Defense Procurement Office, as well as the Homeworld Security Command, which is responsible for the security of a galactic capital itself and control of the Coruscant Guard. Um, we'll eventually talk about clone characters, but Commander Fox, he commands the Coruscant Guard, and a lot of people really do not like Fox because uh, he was kind of responsible for killing Fives. Oh, okay. Yeah, a lot of people do not I like I think I've Commander seen that Fox. clip. Yeah. <laughs> poor Fives. Yeah, poor Fives. Yeah, the one clone that uh, you actually like, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, so I'll go ahead and go through the, uh, the uh, standard uh, structure of the army. Very self-explanatory. Um, there is Orders of Battle beginning with a systems army, which basically oversees certain sectors, uh, systems of the galaxy. And then under them is the sector army, then the cores, uh, the legions, regiments, battalions, uh, companies, squads, so on and so forth. You know, the standard military shit. A lot of military jargon. Yeah, I know. Um, but yeah, to give you a perspective... Uh, Anakin Skywalker commands the 501st Legion alongside Captain Rex. And, uh, let me see if I could uh, quickly look at the numbers. Uh, where was it? Here we go. Um, a Legion is comprised of, like, a, around 9,000 troopers, by the way. That's a lot. That is a lot. And then above him would be the uh, the Seventh Sky Corps, which is led by General Kenobi and Commander Cody, which is uh, a corps is numbered at 36,000 clone troopers. Okay. So yeah, um, Kenobi legitimately having the larger army compared to his apprentice over there. 
Hey, at least he got something. Yeah, at least he got something. Um, We'll eventually talk about each battalion and core because all of them are really interesting. They have all their own color patterns. As we know, the 501st have a distinct blue and white color scheme, I believe. Yeah, and uh, see, I think Cody is yellow. Yeah, Cody is yellow, and he's... uh. Yeah, he's part of the Seventh Sky Corps alongside Kenobi. Shows my fucking knowledge of clones. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. And uh, of course, the battalion. Uh, we have a one hundred fourth battalion, aka the Wolf Pack, led by Plo Koon and Commander Wolf. Hey, Plo Bro. Plo Blo. <laughs> but yeah, um, and then there's the other ranks. Uh. There are the Jedi ranks, um, leading from High Jedi General, which comprises of members of a Jedi Council. Um, Mace Windu, Yoda, all those other people. Um, Senior Jedi Generals, which are basically Jedi Masters. Uh, Jedi General, Jedi Knights, uh, and Jedi Commanders, who are the Padawans. Yep, because Ahsoka's a commander. Yep. Um, and ranks among the clone troopers are as follows. The highest rank for clone troopers would be the Marshal Commander, which is where Bly and Cody lie. Um, senior Commander, Regimental Commander, Battalion Commander, Major, Captain, of course, Captain Rex being the most prominent example. Um, mm-hmm. Lieutenant, Second Lieutenant, Sergeant Major, Sergeant, Corporal, Trooper, and Cadet. Um... But yeah, very basic military structure uh, with all those people down there. Um, But let me go ahead into the more interesting stuff for you, Hannah. Um, So Order 66, did you know there are uh, as much as 150 contingency orders within the Grand Army of the Republic? I think I did, but I think I've seen one other order actually given like actual details the rest are just numbers yeah um so i think it's expanded upon in one of the the uh republic commando books where it's all like oh we have numerous contingency orders everything from killing the supreme chancellor to glassing an allied world to dust blah 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 that sort of thing um i knew about the one killing killing palpatine yeah and even though there is as much as 150, only legitimately five of them have been dived into any much detail. Yeah, because, again, the writers don't care to expand. Yeah, and uh, just to uh, just to remind you, um, this is Legends content way before uh, uh, Dave Filoni did the entire biochip thing and Order 66. Oh, shit. It. Then why didn't they expand upon it? I... Well, that is a lot to write. <laughs> yeah, I'll, that uh, 150 orders, Hannah. Jesus. <laughs> God, as a writer myself, I'm seeing now, it's like, oh God, no. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly how me and Irk felt when we were uh, trying to go through all of the moons of Aiego and we just settled at like 49. 44, I 44, believe. yeah. I can't even keep my Even then, we didn't even get to all of them. Yeah, unfortunately, but it was still fun to write regardless. Um, It is. But yeah, the the contingency orders, I believe they are well known amongst the military and the Senate because, of course, there's like uh, Order Order 65, which would have to be uh, authorized by the Senate. So not exactly secret that Order 66 is there in the Grand Army of the Republic. No one thought that it was a good idea to, or no, no one thought that, hey, this is suspicious. Well, I mean, like, uh, that's, that's a lot of paperwork, though, Hannah. You can't go through all the orders. Palpatine, you scheming bastard. (laughs) Instead of the usual backstab, just give somebody a pile of paperwork to go through and make sure everything's fine. God damn, okay. But anyway, um, 
So um, all of these contingency orders were were basically meant to be emergency scenarios, meant to be carried out by the Grand Army under numerous circumstances. So in case of emergencies, it's not like anybody can just activate Order 66 on a whim. That was meant to be in an emergency in case another Dooku pops up or something. Mm-hmm. And any clone found in violation of any of these orders, like, uh, you know, disobeying Order 66, uh, they would be stripped of their rank and rendered subject to execution. Oof. Okay. Yeah, so technically, if everybody found out that Captain Rex disobeyed Order 66, he would just be killed. Well, I'm glad he didn't. Yeah, he uh, was around and kicking for a good while, but anyway. Um, well, yeah, he's in fucking Rebels. <laughs> yeah, so I'm going to go through the orders that we do know about for you, Hannah, just to give you a little bit of a uh, perspective, so to speak. Okay. There is Order 4, um, which is in the event that the Supreme Chancellor is incapacitated, Overall command shall fall to the vice chair of a senate until a successor is appointed or an alternative authority is identified. Very basic stuff. Mm -hmm. Order 5. In the event the Supreme Chancellor is considered unfit to issue orders, the chief of defense staff shall assume GR command and form a strategic cell of senior officers until a successor is appointed or an alternative authority is identified. Um... And then there's this ruthless order. Um, order 37. Capture of a wanted individual through mass arrest and threatened execution of a civilian population. Oh no. Follow-up directives include scenarios for body disposal of civilian casualties. Okay, that went dark. Yeah, like I said, it went uh, a complete... Uh, one one eighty immediately. I think it was Fucking, the Geneva Conventions called. <laughs> hey man, as we've memed numerous times, uh, it's not a war crime if you're on the winning side. Goddamn. <laughs> but yeah, I believe like Order Thirty Six was used once on a particular Jedi Knight. Uh, and the entirety of a clone army was trying to round up civilians and basically be all like, Hey, Jedi, come out and surrender, otherwise all these innocent people will die. Wow. And, of course, the Jedi, <laughs> probably the hardest decision he's ever had to make up to that point, was basically forced well, to... Duh. <laughs> And now he has to live with the fact that all those innocent people died. But anyway, of course we have Order 65, which is basically Order 66, but for the Supreme Chancellor. Um, basically, it goes as follows. An authenticated order being received by GR via the Senate, commander shall be authorized to detain, detain the Supreme Chancellor with lethal force if necessary. So they could have killed him. They could have if the entirety of the Senate decided he was unfit to rule or is going cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs over here. Damn it, he was so good at hiding it too. Not to mention, the entirety of the Senate likes Palpatine, because he knew how to get them to very... He's a scheming bastard, he as I have said millions of times now. <laughs> that is very true, Hannah. That is very true. And Nothing wrong with schemers, but just... Goddamn. And then, of course, we know the most famous one, which is Order 66, killing all the Jedi. Uh... So basically, it says as follows, in the event that the Jedi officers act against the interests of a Republic, and after receiving orders verified as coming directly from the Supreme Chancellor himself, GAR commanders will remove those officers by lethal force, and the command of a GAR will revert to the Supreme Chancellor, blah, 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 blah. Okay. So yeah, um, in the aftermath of the Rise of the Empire, Darth Vader would suspect that Sidious had created a secret 530, uh, 551st Order, which was basically Order 66, but for Vader himself. 
Of course you did. Yeah, you gotta have your contingency plans in case your personal enforcer has those uh, power-hungry ideas. Yep. And it's also kind of funny because I remember in a Dark Horse comic where uh, Darth Vader would actually go on a campaign with his uh, clone army where they were quelling uprisings and everything. And Darth Vader just out of nowhere asked his commanding officer, who was his clone by the name of Vel, I believe. And he was all like, say, commander, um, all clones are ordered to follow... The contingency orders, correct? And the clone troopers like, yeah, that is correct, Lord Vader. Say there is ever an occasion of a contingency order to kill me, would such an order exist? And Vil was just kind of standing there. Like, uh, he was kind of put on the spot by this intimidating Sith Lord. Like, what, well, the, fuck, what the fuck was he supposed to do? But eventually, Vil was all like, if there was such an order in place, I cannot uh, confirm nor deny that such a thing ever existed. And, okay. And that was enough. That was basically confirmation that there was such an order to Darth Vader. And to ensure that Vel didn't, you know, rat him out to the Supreme Chancellor for asking such a thing, he just force pushed him off of a cliff to his own death. Shit. <laughs> He's all like, okay, got what I came for. Die! <laughs> well, he's got to keep up the image of Scary Dark Lord. Oh, yes, absolutely. Um, And this next order, it technically isn't part of a contingency order, but I thought uh, it would be interesting to include regardless. Um, So there is this uh, naval code. Code Base Delta Zero, which is commonly used by the Galactic Republic and, of course, later the Galactic Empire. Um, mm -hmm. It is described as the systematic, complete destruction of all assets of production, including factories, Arab land, mines, fisheries, and all sentient beings and droids. Basically, orbital bombardment of an entire world. So, the nuclear option. The nuclear option. Yeah, it gained a lot of prominence, especially during the Clone Wars, when uh, it was basically meant to be as a order of last resort to destroy Separatist armies that are so well entrenched that the Clone Army just can't deal with them. What politician in their right fucking mind would approve of that? Uh, what the fuck? <laughs> I know. Um... But yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, that is a legit Republic. The Senate code. is so stupid. <laughs> I know. I thought it was uh it's pretty brutal because I believe if I remember the lore, they basically they don't it, they don't target the entire surface of a planet. That's just impractical. They specifically target its population centers. Okay, but still, that's very fucked. It is, it is. But, yeah, as you said, the nuclear options basically transform the entire planet to molten slag. Oof. Yeah. Um, yeah, the Republic, they committed a lot of war crimes during the Clone Wars. Yay, more war crimes. Yay, more war crimes. It's not just Anakin fake surrendering that <laughs> that resulted in that. But yeah. Um, mm -hmm. So let's go ahead and get back to the end of a GAR, so to speak. Um, so following the execution of Order 66 and the declaration of a new order, um, the Grand Army of the Republic would slowly become the Imperial Army. And while initially the clone troopers would remain as the main foot soldiers, they would be renamed as the storm troopers. Very obvious uh, changing of a guard, so to speak. Yes. And, uh, okay, have you, okay, aside from that one episode, have you watched any other episode of The Bad Batch? No. Okay. Um, the Bad Batch does a really good job of showing this transition period because... I did see that in the episode that we watched. Yeah, I, yeah. Um, the clone troopers, uh, the, 
technically the war was over with the Confederacy and all that, but the clone troopers would basically be yeeted at remaining strongholds to kind of dwindle the numbers down a little bit, much to their uh, obliviousness, so to speak. And uh, slowly but surely, um, the clone troopers would be phased out by conscripted show, uh, con conscripted soldiers who were initially called the TK troopers, and then eventually the uh, the proper stormtroopers. Okay. And uh, yeah, this changing of elite soldiers into everyday civilian conscripted soldiers uh left a bad taste in most clones mouth especially those that were that remained loyal to the empire and everything well yeah and most of them would go rogue while others still stayed with the empire as we saw with uh with uh crosshair and everything in bad batch mm -hmm. and uh fun fact the five of the first was one of the few imperial units up till the original trilogy that was still made up of the original clone troopers. Okay. So yeah, uh, Anakin slash Vader's five first legion stayed loyal up until the very end of his death, basically. Damn. That's that's actually pretty cool. It is. That's a cool detail. Yeah, it is a pretty cool detail. The five hundred first legion were the, um, of course they didn't think of it back then. But the five hundred first legion were the very first stormtroopers that you see in New Hope when they stored the Tantive Four. Okay. And uh, fun fact: the five hundred first would actually remain. Well, the unit itself remained. Uh, up until Darth Krayt's Galactic Empire, like 150 years in the future. Well, yeah, it makes sense that the unit would remain. That's actually pretty cool. Yeah, it is pretty cool. I'm I'm not a huge nerd on on uh, ancient armies. Well, not ancient armies, but previous United States armies. But I imagine the Five Hundred First is like one of those long-standing uh, military. Uh, United States brigades that are just still in service and all that. No fucking clue on my end. <laughs> They're fair enough. Um, and aside from the 501st Legion, there were several loyal clone troopers that, uh, when they became of age, they would basically serve as, they would be relegated as training instructors to train the future generation of stormtroopers. But this was kind of bittersweet to them because... Each of these training instructors looked at these conscripted soldiers with disgust. They saw these new recruits as undisciplined and were generally incompetent in their eyes. Well, makes sense. They were trained by bounty hunters and Mandalorians. Yeah, the, the greatest army the galaxy had ever seen. And then, a couple of years down the line, they are relegated to these incompetent stormtroopers who can't even aim straight. Yeah, it is kind of a... Uh, oh, boy. It is kind of It a, is a running joke. It is a running joke, but from a clone trooper's perspective... I love it. Yeah. Um, from a clone trooper's perspective, this is just a... just a uh, insult to their legacy. Yeah, I can see why. Yeah. And there would actually be multiple clone rebellions, one organized by Rex himself... In a canon anyway, and in another by the Kaminoans who felt they were being suppressed by their former clients and tried creating their own clone army to overthrow the Empire. Okay. And all of those obviously failed very poorly. Well, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, um, I believe like a in I remember in Legends there was like a clone trooper character that uh, was present during the uh, during New Hope, and he was very loyal to the bitter end. He was like uh, genetically in his sixties by that time. He probably looked fine. He was fine. But, uh, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, there's a couple of, uh, clones that I remember at the top of my head. But it's kind of surprising that, uh, these genetically, 
60 to 70 year olds would still serve within the imperial military and all that is just really impressive to think about it is yeah but uh yeah that is uh basically all i have on the grand army of a republic well i learned more than i thought i would yeah i mean it's not too deep of an episode i would have uh included the training light of the everyday living and the training of the clone troopers, but I think it's too much and it would probably need its own dedicated episode. Well, there's another idea for an episode. <laughs> but yeah. Put it on the fucking list. But yeah, I think uh, the Grand Army of the Republic is really interesting. It's just kind of unfortunate that it lasted like, what, three years in the entirety of the Clone Wars? Okay. But, uh, yeah, um, it's a little bit of a shorter episode than usual, but, uh, I hope everybody... I don't mind. <laughs> yeah, shorter episodes are always nice, in all honesty. But, uh, got any questions, Hannah, that I could, uh, fill you in on? No, not really. Fair enough, I suppose. Um, but yeah, that is our episode of Can Manny's Kill a Jedi? Or in this case, really? That's as that's how many clones you have to yeet of a separatist droid army? Exactly. <laughs> I think. That's the point I was trying to make. Like, are you serious? <laughs> uh, I think that was... Anyway, Isaac, what are we covering next time? Oh, boy. Um. So I've been doing a lot of thinking. And uh, ever since that... Uh, <laughs> that uh, well, actually, no, I might say that for a different episode. Um, I think now is the time we explore the deeper secrets of the past of Star Wars. In this case, Hannah, we will be exploring uh, the galactic powers before the rise of a republic. Okay. So, uh, i.e., we will be exploring things like uh, the Celestios and the Ricotta. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's what I meant. <laughs> I know, it was a, a little bit of a mouthful, but I'll probably come up with a better title later. You can work on it, uh, but <laughs> that's our episode of Kid Babies Kill a Jedi. <laughs> yeah, um, don't worry, we'll try and get back into the rhythm of things again. Uh... I am really, really looking forward to these future episodes and what this new brave year has in store for us. But anyway, I hope you guys are having a wonderful day. Happy Valentine's Day. I uh, hope you enjoy Mar Jade or just enjoy time with your significant other. And uh, may the force be with you, everybody. This is the way. And... May the Schwartz be with you. Bye-bye. <laughs> Adios.